morning, good morning. Can I have everybody stand up? How's everybody doing today? Blessed. We want to say hello to all our campuses out there and everybody watching online. I'm so excited for today. You know, one of the things that gets me most excited about Sunday is drilling down to the, the, the spiritual breakthrough that will happen because of the sermon. And this is going to go, this is like taking chemo right to, the, right to the tumor right today. We're going to talk about satanic agreements that we've all made. We all make them all the time. I, I, I tweeted out um, a while back, um, what agreements do you have? What is your relationship with the devil? And someone said, I don't have a relationship with the devil. All of y'all have a relationship with the devil. He's either your friend or your enemy. That's a relationship. And you have to decide to what degree he is your friend and what degree he is your enemy. Now, he, as far as he's concerned, you are his enemy. But he'll trick you to think he's your friend. And so today we're going to talk about that and help hopefully open your eyes and then get, lead you to a place where you can actually break some of those agreements. How many of y'all want to break some agreements with the devil? Amen, amen, amen. Come on now. Lord, thank you so much for your faithfulness. Thank you so much for your goodness. I pray that you set people free today. I pray that habits, addictions, dependencies, lies, bondage that has been around for decades in people's lives will be broken today. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn to the person next to you and say, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. Please turn to Revelation chapter 12. Revelation chapter 12. Revelation chapter 12. Last book of the Bible. Last book of the Bible. Revelation chapter 12. When I was um, growing up in New York, my father told me that I was adopted uh, from Puerto Rico. Cuando yo era un niño, mi papá me decía que yo era adaptado de Puerto Rico. And even though he was joking, it kind of got in my head. And the reason he was, he, he was said that is because, just look at me. <laughs> you know, I got Puerto Rican hair, Puerto Rican color, Puerto Rican eyes, and everything. And, and in New York, if you look like this, you're, you're from some Latin country. So uh, in reality, my grandmother's white, my other grandmother's half Chinese and black, my grandfather's a black, so I got all this, this caramel color and these green eyes from my grandmother. So all my life, I was like, okay, I'm going to marry a Puerto Rican girl, I'm going to learn Spanish, and blah, 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 blah. So my wife's not Puerto Rican, but she too looks like she's Puerto Rican. Um, However, I want to learn Spanish. And so, um, I say, cuatro años estaba en Costa Rica, dos semanas, aprendiendo español en una escuela. I was in, uh, four years ago, so I was in uh, Costa Rica for two weeks, 12 days to be exact, learning Spanish in an immersion program. And when I was in uh, Costa Rica, I asked me maestra, my, my, my teacher, how do you say boyfriend in, and girlfriend in Spanish? And they said, uh, novia or novia. Novia is girlfriend, novio is boyfriend. And I was like, okay, cool. So I wrote it down and, you know. And then she said, or you could say, amigo con derechos. <laughs> now, so I'm like, amigo con derechos. So amigo is friend, con is with, and, and derecho is right, or izquierda is left. So I'm like, friend right? I, don't, I, don't, I didn't understand. Friend right? Con right? And, and no, amigo con derechos, friend with rights or benefits. 
so, and again, 90% of our conversations were in Spanish because it was immersion. So I, 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 every now and then I would cheat and say, you know, what does that mean? Como se dice? Is that, is, how do you say in Spanish? I mean, como se dice? But I would have to say, tell me in English. She would say, no, amigo con derechos. You have benefits. You have rights. I was like, oh, oh. So, so it's not really my girlfriend, but it's just somebody that they have rights. They have permission over certain parts of your, of your being, you know. <laughs> you want some of this, you want some of this. <laughs> you come on Wednesday, you come on Tuesday, you know. <laughs> so I was like, oh, snap. I, I, it was, I mean, I get the concept. I just, I, in, in my culture, I, I don't know if you ever heard that term in, in English, but I never, I never heard that term in English, but it made sense. Amigo con derechos. That means that this person, you really date this person, but this person has permission or rights or benefits at certain points parts of your body and your, or your being, depending on how far you want to go, on certain times. So I'm going to be with you Monday through Friday, but you can come on Saturday night, this person over here. A lot of us have amigo con derechos relationship with the devil. You've asked Christ to be your savior, but he only has permission and authority over certain parts of your life. And the devil has rights over all the parts of your life. And it is dictated by the agreements that you've made. You told Jesus, be my savior, but you told the devil, but you could have this. We still gonna get drunk. We still gonna smoke weed. We still gonna hoard our money to ourselves. And with those agreements comes permission for him to abuse you. You've given him legal authority. Y'all have a contract with the devil. And it's long. I know what some of y'all heard that I was going to preach this, uh, and I, I put it on Instagram. Uh, sometimes on Instagram I put on uh, what I'm talking about. I was in the, it, coming home from, I was going all week for a week uh, last week, and I came home Friday night, and I was stuck in Chicago Airport for five hours. Actually, we had a 530, de, a 5.30 departure. Uh, they, they moved us to another gate. We got on the plane. That plane had mechanical issues. We had to get off that plane, go to another gate. That plane was three and a half hours delay, and I was sitting there in the airport going crazy, and I was like, the devil don't want me to get home. But we're going to talk about this. And so today I want to talk to you about Amigo Con Derechos, the, the satanic agreements that all of us have. Now, and, and when I posted that, I'm thinking, probably people saying, I don't have no agreements with the devil. Every single one of us have them all day. All day long. And they have consequences. Look at, look at, look at says in Revelation chapter 12. It says, I heard a voice, a loud voice saying from heaven, now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of our Christ has come. This is Revelation, the end of the world. And it says, the accuser of our brethren, the devil, the accuser of our brethren who accused them before God, day and night has been cast down. The devil accuses you day and night about your agreements. He's like, he's like, God, they're up in the rock going word, but look at this agreement they got over here. They're saying you, they, they believe in Jesus, but look at this agreement they got over here. That's what he's accusing you of. He's accusing you of stuff that's true. He's accusing you of stuff that's true. And so if you can think about it, and here's, my, here's my, my, my challenge to you, is that you identify at least one agreement. There's going to be a bunch, but just one that you can break today. Because we're going to give you a prayer at the end to break the agreement. Then we're going to take communion. But I want you to think of one. Just identify one. And then I want you to pay attention. Pay attention to what God does in your life if you hold that that prayer, that commitment. In other words, if you say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break this agreement because either you, either you have an agreement with God or the devil. 
There's no other option. And so if you break an agreement, I want you to hold it and commit to it and then watch what God does. Because if God doesn't do anything, if, if, if being a Christian doesn't mean anything, if prayer don't work, we shouldn't be doing this. We shouldn't be here. We should just go, go about your business. Go get, go get high every day. Go sleep around all the time. Just go do whatever you want to do. But by the way, if you choose that, pay attention to what that does for you. I was talking to a guy, literally, I was standing over here years ago, and this lady came to me and said, my, my husband, he's cheating on us, and, 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 he, and, he, and, and she was there with her two daughters. She, he's cheating on us. He left us. Another. I said, why don't you come have him come talk to me? That brother actually came to church and said, I'm the guy that my wife said I was cheating on her. I'm the guy. I was like, wow. I applaud you. You came to church. But here's what I asked him. How's that working out? How's that working out? You know what he said? I lost my family, but I think I did the right thing. Hey. Okay. <laughs> okay. Just as long as you know you lost your family. So you need to be pay attention to what the devil gives you, and you need to pay attention to what God gives you. And just, just know the devil is patient, and so is God. So that's, sometimes, sometimes you feel a little pain now, a little pain now, but you don't realize 10 years later you're way out there in space somewhere. Okay, let's, let's, first you have to know, first you have to know as we look at this, you have to understand who God created you to be. You have to understand who you are. Look what it says in the Bible. Look what it says. One, God created you to rule. This is the good news. God created you to rule. He, well, look what the Bible says. Look what the Bible says. It says, God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them have dominion. Everyone say dominion. Dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and over all the cattle. Let them have, and over all the earth and let every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And God created him in his image, male and female. In the image, he created male and female. He created them. Then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion. Say dominion. Over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. God created you to have dominion. He created the heavens and the earth, Genesis 1, and he created everything. And then before he made man, he said, it is good. Then he made man and woman and said, take care of it. Don't mess it up. I was, I was in Florida. One of the places I was at last week was the Florida Keys. It is so beautiful. And the only thing man can do is mess it up. You can't make it any better. You cannot make it any better. You can, we can only make it worse. Now, we can maintain the beauty and, and preserve the beauty and enjoy the beauty, but we can't, we can't improve it. Because God made it. You, you can't improve the sun. The stars of the galaxies. You can't, make a, you can't make a leopard look any better. You can't make a puma look any better. We can only preserve it and protect it. So God made us in his image. So here's what you need to know what that means. Look at, look at this acronym. One, we're individually unique. We're going to talk about all these really quick. You are a moral mirror. We're going to talk about that. You've been given the authority to rule. We just talked about that. You've been created to be God's friend and you are eternal. These are facts about every single one of us. Look what it says. Individually unique. We, we're all individually unique. For, for you form my inward parts. You cover me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, God, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous. Everyone say marvelous. Marvelous are your works. That I, that, and that my soul knows very well. In other words, I am awesome. Say I am awesome. I am awesome. You're awesome. You are. The most, the most advanced computer on the planet is the three and a half pound brain in your head. You're awesome. The process to have a baby 
is amazing. Breathing air, the eye is the most advanced camera on the planet. You're awesome. Look what the next one says. It says, you are a moral mirror. You and I were created to be a moral mirror to the holiness of God. Look what the Bible says. The Bible says, be ye holy for I am holy. God says, be ye holy for I am holy. You were created to promote my love, my word, live out my word, and reflect the glory of God. Look what the next one says. It says, you were given the authority rule. We just read that. Look what it says in Genesis. Let us make man our image according to our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over the cattle and every creep that creeps on the ground. God has given you dominion. He created you to rule, not be ruled. And by the way, the only thing God told us to have control over is ourselves, not other people. Oh. Oh, come on. The Bible don't tell you to control people. That's called slavery. Okay, look what the next one says. Look what the next one says. You, you were created to be God's friend. Look what the Bible says. It says, God has greater love has no one than this than to lay down his life for his friend. Who is that? Jesus laid down his life for you. Why? Because you're his friend. You were created to be his friend. And lastly, you were created to be eternal. Look what the Bible says. Let not your heart be troubled. This is Jesus talking. Believe, uh, believe in God. Believe also in me. This is Jesus talking. In my Father's house, there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. God says, I'm going to go play for a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place, I will come once again and receive you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. So let, let's, let's think about this. God created you to, be, to rule. You are individually unique. Nobody is like you. Everyone say, ain't nobody like me. That's true. God made you unique. Your thumbprint's unique. Your footprint's unique. Your, the vein pattern in your eye is only yours. Your face is only yours. Even though you may think all oh, those people look alike, they don't. <laughs> and by the way, whoever those people to you is, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> They don't look alike. God made billions of people over the ages, and every single one is unique. Amen. Is unique. You know how a diamond is identified by a, 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 a diamond. A diamond's value is identified by the bling of the diamond, the carrot, the quality, the cut and the color, but a diamond can only reflect light that is shined onto it. If you take a diamond in a dark room, you can't see it. But when you look at a diamond, you hold it up to the light and the light goes pop, 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 it reflects off. And that's how you go, back up, man, that's, get it out of my face. Because it's so bright because the light, it takes the light and it reflects it back out. You and I are that diamond. You have no value without God's light in you. And, but you are designed to reflect that light. Okay, so that's who you were intended to be. Here's the devil. Devil goes, I can't kill God. I can't destroy God. And I can't block his light. So I'm going to come after God's image. Every single one of you. Matter of fact, next week I'm going to talk about the devil's number one weapon against you. He has a number one weapon. It's going to be one of the passages I'm going to read, but he has a number one weapon. I'll talk about that next week. But what, what, what today is, we're going to talk about your agreement you made to him. The only way he can destroy God's glory in your life and God's purpose in your life is if you give it to him. You surrender. So you need to know how God made you, and now you need to know 
how you give it up. Number two, Adam and Eve, just like us, surrendered their authority through a satanic agreement. Now, an agreement is an arrangement between two parties based on a course of action. It's when two people say, we are going to agree that we are going to proceed together in this manner. That's an agreement. Every single one of us have made agreements with the devil. And we do it every single day. We renew them. We create new ones. Most, for the most part, we renew the ones we already have that we don't even know they're agreements. But Adam and Eve made an agreement. They were told, you will li- they, you're going to live forever, but they were told, don't eat from that tree of the garden. Everything I made is good. Take care of it. I'm, uh, Adam, I'm going to give you a woman. Uh, I'm going I'm to bring all the animals to you. Well, I'm going to give you a mate. Pick any one of the animals. He said, the animals don't, I'm not feeling the gorilla. I'm not feeling the giraffe. I'm not feeling the snake. God put him to sleep. Woke him up. There was a woman that was naked in front of him. And he said, whoa, man, that's what I'm talking about. That's where you get the word woman from. And then that was his wife. Pretty good deal. Be fruitful and multiply. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the cattle. So that's the agreement. And don't eat from that tree. If you eat from that tree, you will die. If you don't eat from that tree, you'll be fine. Simple. I'm like, God, you're telling me I got the whole planet. I got this woman you said to make love to and have babies. And all I got to do is not eat from that tree? Duh. Can I get a, can I get a duh? Let's pause for a minute. Let's pause. Does that sound like a good deal? Yes or no? That's the heart of God. That's the heart of God. And often the devil has us twist stuff around to blame God. When actually God said, I hooked you up. And you missed it. So here, all of us are here today, however we've all jacked up our lives. And, and can I get an amen if we know we've jacked up some part of our life? Can I, amen? We, 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 now, a lot of y'all didn't raise your hand. I'm sure you're probably just not feeling like raising your hand, but, but you believe it to be true. But just so we can have a little more participation. How many of y'all realize, yeah, I've jacked up some part of my life. Can I get an amen? Okay, leave your hand up. Leave your hand up. Leave, elbow above the ear. Just wave real high, high, high. Okay, so no, just keep it up high. Just I want to make a point. Look around the room. You're not alone. And if someone's not raising their hand, they're in denial today. <laughs> Can I get an amen? amen? Satan speaks three times in the Bible. Genesis 3, Job 1 and 2, in the story of Job, and Matthew in the gospel. Matthew 4 in the gospel. And each time the devil speaks, his goal is to destroy the relationship between man and God. I'll tell you again. Devil speaks three times in the Bible, and each time he speaks, his goal is to destroy the relationship between man and God. First time he speaks is Genesis 3. We're going to look at that, and we're going to look at that again next week. He tries to get uh, man, Adam and Eve, to distrust God. Even though God blessed you, Adam, he's lying. He's holding out on you. That's what he tells us. Even though God blessed you, and even though God has given you great advice, don't listen to it. So we don't. So, and we'll see what Adam and Eve did with that. Then he, in Job, he talks to God against man. He says, God, you blessed Job, but the only reason Job is worshiping you is because you blessed him. If you take everything he has, he'll curse you to your face. Tries to break relationship. Third time he speaks, he speaks to the God-man Jesus. 
And he says, if you bow down and worship me, I'll give you all the heavens, all the kings of the earth. Tries to break the relationship between the God man from his father. Here's why this is important. He's never going to tell you truth. So anytime he speaks to you, anytime you hear his whispering, or anytime some, some person, whether a girl or guy, comes swerving up on you like a snake. <laughs> this is a snake. <laughs> Now, I'm not trying to say all women are snakes at all, because some guys, they got their own snake walk, okay? But anytime someone swerves up on you, just imagine the serpent of the devil. This is dangerous. Can I get an amen? Now, there are some people, I'll just leave it at that. And they're going to come to you and say, hey, hey, smooth talker. Hey, what's up, girl? How you doing? How you doing? What's your name? You look so good. I ain't seen around here. You go, when, when, you, when did you come to this school? When, when did you start working here? The devil. <laughs> Pause. Step back. It may not be the devil. But just, he just may be a smooth dude. I'm, a, I'm, a hurt. I'm trying to hate on smoothness. But just step back and pay attention. Is he going to reinforce something God told me? Or is he going to contradict something God told me? That's it. Adam and Eve, look what it says. Look what Genesis chapter 3 says. One of my favorite passages in the whole world. Serpent was more cunning than any beast of fear which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said you shall not eat from every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the tree of this garden. But the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden, God has said you shall not eat nor shall you touch lest you die. Serpent said, you will not die. For God knows in the day you eat, your eyes will be open and you'll be like God doing good and evil. And so when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, pleasant to the eyes, she took of his fruit and ate, and she gave to her husband, and he ate with her. God said this, I say this. Whoever you agree with, that's the contract that you have. God said this, the devil says this, and whoever you agree with, that is the contract that you have. Many of us in this room have made contracts with the devil to believe what he has said about you, not what God has said about you. God has said you are unique and you spend your whole life trying to fit in when God told you and made, created you to stand out. God has made you smart and you believe your whole life that you are dumb. God has said you are successful and you're going to be the head, not the tail, and you walk around like you are the tail. And so anytime you believe something less than what God has told you, you have made a contract with the devils and say, Lord, Satan, I believe your opinion about me versus God's opinion about me because God's opinion about me is too big for me. It's too, it's too, it's too grand for me. I'm, I, I gotta, I'm scared to walk in it. I am fearful that if I step out to what God has called me to do and be, I will fail. There was a storm Jesus was walking on the water in a storm when the disciples were in the boat and, and only one of the disciples decided to stand up and walk out Peter. All the other disciples said, I'm not going out there. I can't do that. I cannot aspire to what Jesus said I am supposed to aspire to, which is to do, do the things he did. John 14, 12, the things I did, Jesus said, the things I did, you will do also. And many people say, this is impossible. So I'm not even going to try because the devil has convinced you to not even try. And Peter stepped out of the boat and walked on the water. Is that a true? It's true or not? It's either true or not true. If it's not true, the Bible's a lying world, making a world, world being fools to be here. 
And yet he believed, but as soon as he took his eyes off him, Jesus, and looked at the storm, he sunk. The point is that God has called you to way more than you have. And we are, we are living like eating out of garbage cans when we should be sitting at a banquet table eating the blessings that God has for us. So here's the thing you have to ask yourself. What has he told you that you believe? The devil. What agreement have you made? He, he said, I don't need to read a Bible. You don't need to read a Bible every day. So you don't. You don't need to serve, so you don't. You don't need to give up your money, so you don't. He told you if you give money, you're going to have less, and how are you going to live? He's convinced you that giving, like God said, is going to reap benefits for you. He's convinced you that if you pray, it won't reap benefits, so you don't pray. He's convinced you that you can come to church once a month, and that's enough. You don't need to be in here. You can wash from home. You can't worship with your family at home. Listen, I, I get being online, it's convenient and all that kind of stuff, but there's nothing like being with the family of God. At some point, you've got to be with people. He's convinced you, whoa, 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 watch out now. Everyone say, watch out. You better move your feet from under, you move your feet under the seat because I'm getting ready to step on somebody's toes. He's convinced you, you don't need to bring a Bible to church. Well, he's going to put it on the screen anyway. This ain't for you. It's for the people who come here and don't know any better. And I say they don't know any better. They come to church for the first time. They, they, they don't have a Bible. They, they, and so we, wanna, we don't want them to be lost. But no, you need to read from this right here. And so when you're home, you know where to turn. You don't need to say, well, let me get a, let me get a, let me get a, a, a PowerPoint from the pastor. No, no, I'm not going to be there with you. And so the devil has convinced you of all these things. He said, like, I don't need to read my Bible. I don't need to bring my Bible. I don't need to read it every day. I don't need to tithe. I don't need to give financially. I don't need to sacrifice like my Savior did. I don't need to do that. I need to, I need to, I need to make sure that I'm comfortable. I don't need to share my faith. When's the last time you led someone to the Lord? You got salvation and you kept it all to yourself. How selfish is that? Selfish. I got salvation, but I'm not putting myself out there to get rejected and get laughed at. Oh, wow. Someone may laugh at you. They're laughing at you anyway. Matter of fact, they're laughing at you more because you talk about going to church when it's convenient and then you're over here buck wild when it's not convenient. So they're laughing at you, talking behind your back anyway. And so here's all these agreements we made. The devil told you you're ugly. And you believe them. When God said, you are marvelous. <laughs> marvelous. And you walk around, oh, I'm nothing, I'm never going to be anything. No one likes me. No, 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 no one helps me. There's nobody on my side. What? The angels. You got angels on your side. And you just ignore that they're there. And so when you make these agreements, look what the Bible says. Look what the Bible says. Uh, I think I read it already. Let's go to the next point. <laughs> agreements give Satan, woo, legal. Authority. Over your life. Everyone say legal. Uh, in, in a spiritual sense, legal. What I mean by that, obviously that's the law of the United States, but spiritual, spiritual legality, spiritual authority. When you choose to get high, by the way, I got high for uh, 
16 years, wait, how old is it? So, 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 carried a three, a bunch of years. <laughs> Since I was 16 to 20, uh, 18 years, oh, I can't remember how, how many decades, I can't remember how long it was. When I got high, whether it be from weed for the most part, cocaine for four years, I wasn't a big drinker, it was more weed and cocaine. I told the devil, I am trusting this drug to make me happy more than what God has given me to make me happy. So therefore, I give Satan, you authority to bless me with the power of this drug to make me happy because that's the agreement I made. You give authority. So if you, go to the, if you go to the club and you have 18 million drinks, you are giving the devil authority to bless you with the alcohol versus not. If you say, Lord, I'm just going to hoard money to myself, you are given the authority of the devil to say, I am going to bless you with your hoarding. Now, by the way, you may, you may think, well, if I hoard, don't I have more in my pocket? Not necessarily because God's going to, you may even have more in your pocket, but more emptiness in your heart. So what's the point? And you just shut off the blessing of God. That's why when I talk about tithing, people talk about, do you tithe off your gross or your net? Make $100,000 a year, do you tithe $10,000 off that or do you tithe after your taxes? And if you, you, know, you get $68,000 or $62,000, I tithe off that. Well, would you rather God bless your gross and give you $200,000 salary or just have you keep a little more in taxes? I'm taking off the top. So when you say, I'm going to hoard, you are actually cheating yourself because the devil has led you to believe that his blessing of maybe increasing your net a little bit is better than God increasing your gross. And so when you, make, when you make an agreement with the devil, you are giving him authority. Now, this idea of the devil having authority of your life, well, I'm a Christian. How can he have authority in my life? So you're telling me if I don't go out and shoot somebody that I'm not going to jail. I'm going to go to jail. Look, look, look what the Bible says about authority. Look what the Bible says. Job chapter 1. Job was a righteous man. The Bible says Job was a righteous man, that he shunned evil. And look what it says. The Lord said to Satan, behold, all that he has in your power is in your power. Only do not lay a hand on his person. So Satan went out from him and from the presence of the Lord. The devil said to, to God, Job is only following you because you blessed him. Take his money and his blessings and he will curse you to your face. I wonder how many of you curse God to your face because you lost your job. I wonder how many curse God to your face because you can't lose weight that you want. I wonder how many curse God to your face because the, the things that you've been asking for haven't come in your timing and your way. So forget God. Why should I go to church? Why should I get? God is not your good luck charm. <laughs> He's not your servant. He is not your servant. And so Joe, Satan said to God, take what he has. And God said, Satan, I give you legal authority over his stuff. And he's like, how could God do that? God could do, God could do what he wants. Now, you have to read the whole book to understand what happens in the end. And Joel had, he got everything restored and his kids and everything. But look what happened. He said, I give you authority. And then it says, the Lord said to Satan, behold, all that he has in your, is in your hand. Only spare his life. He, he, he took his stuff and Job still blessed God. Then he took every, his family and go, he still blessed God. My point is this, the idea of the devil having permission in your life is not a foreign concept. Matter of fact, look what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. This is, this is way out there. This is people in the church. It says, it is actually reported that there are sexual immorality among you. 
there's a, there's a, there's a porn star named uh, Ron Jeremy. I will not ask you to tell me if you know who he is. <laughs> He's made about 3,000 porn films. I interviewed him here on a Sunday, right here. And had all these people going, man, how could you have him? I'm leaving the church. I want my tie back. All that kind of stuff. Okay, okay, fine, fine, fine. So I interviewed him. And I said, Ron, you've made uh, 2,500, um, 3,000 films. There's a lot of people out here that know your films. Matter of fact, one in every two guys and one in every six women watch pornography. And you know what day pornography is watched more than any? Sunday. So there's a lot of people out here right now and I said it then, I'll say it now, that are watching pornography, but they ain't telling nobody. So, and you're up here being very open about it. So who's the hypocrite in the room? It ain't him. And people say, how could you have him? I said, all I'm doing is having a conversation with someone who made porn videos and having you watch the conversation. I'm not giving him the pulpit. But the point is, the point is, we're out there doing some scandalous, nasty stuff. And come to church, hey, pastor, hey, praise the Lord, word. Where's your Bible? Oh, it's in the car. Okay, right, okay. You took the bus. All right, I get that. Okay. You missed that, but that's okay. It is actually reported as sexual immorality among you as such as immor- as such immorality as is not even spoken amongst the Gentiles or the non-believers. Matter of fact, and what he's telling you is he's talking to a church, the Corinthian church, saying there's stuff that y'all are doing in this church that non-believers aren't even doing. Y'all are buck wild. Now, by the way, if you're Buckwild, I'm glad you're here. For real. For real. Because this is the place where you get unbuckwild. So it's cool. But look what it says. It says, look at what they were doing. That a man has his father's wife. I'm assuming it's his stepmom. And you are puffed up and have not rather mourned. In other words, you're bragging about it. And that he who has done this deed might have been been taken away from among you. Now look what it says next. It says, for indeed as absent in the body but present in the spirit have already judged as though I were present. I have already judged in him who has done this deed. Then it says, in the name of the Lord Jesus when you are gathered together along with my spirit with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ. Deliver such a one to Satan for the destruction of the flesh that his spirit may be saved in the day of Jesus Christ. In other words, listen, you need to just be go. Just go do your thing. Go do your thing. And here's what I would tell you. If you've got one foot in the world and one foot in the church, and you've got your feet on both sides of the fence, there's Bob wire on the fence. You have to decide which one. What he's saying is, let Satan deal with you. And so when you decide to live that style, lifestyle, you are telling the devil, devil, I give you authority over me. Bless me with your blessings. Speak to me your counsel. Give me your direction. I trust you. So, what do we do? Here's what I would tell you. Please identify one agreement you have. That you're a failure. Prayer doesn't work. The Bible doesn't work. Giving doesn't work. Serving doesn't work. I'm not going to be faithful to come to church every week. I mean, there's, there's, there's a row of football players here from San Diego State. Let's give San Diego State a hand for these brothers right here. Hey, can y'all stand up real quick? I know the people on the screen can't see them. Just stand up real quick. Just stand up real quick. I know they're like, yeah, we don't want to be here. Okay. These brothers are here every single week. Come on, come on. Give those brothers a hand. All right, y'all can sit down. They're there every week. I'm not going to ask any of y'all, but, but, but most people don't come to church every week. 
It's like, nah, I went last week. You can't get enough God. Because the devil, watch this, watch this. The devil has convinced you, you don't need it. And you're like, I agree. So I'll stay home and sleep. And I'll, I, I will tell the devil, I trust the NFL football game to bless me more than church. <laughs> and then you complain that your life is not blessed. So here's what I'm going to do. We're going to read a prayer of, a prayer of um, deliverance. And then we're going to have communion to seal it. Let's put this prayer of deliverance up. Now, we're going to read this together, okay, out loud. All the campuses. Shout it. To declare freedom. And if I can't encourage you enough to pay attention to the agreements you have, and when you do stuff at home, when you make decisions, when you don't read your Bible, or you, or you decide to read one little paragraph and go, that's enough. Whatever you do, say, am I doing what God wants me to do, or am I doing what devil wants me to do? If I do what God wants me to do, I'm going to get a blessing. And do, are you doing it for get a blessing? Yes. Why? Because God has said he has blessed you with all the spiritual blessings in the heavenly places. So he wants you to have them. But you can only get them his way. So you want them. God, Say, God, I want all your blessings. That's biblical. Don't walk around beat that. Matter of fact, the devil has you convinced it's selfish to want what God has for you. That's, that's even a lie right there. You should want to be blessed. Who said that? The Bible says God wants you to be blessed. The devil says, that's selfish. That's self-centered. No, it's, it's biblical. It's biblical that you be loved. Say, I want to be loved. God wants you to be loved. He created you to be loved. So if you walk around, I want to be loved. Then, now, it doesn't mean uh, I'm going to do whatever you get, can to like me. I'm going to, I'm going to stay within the confines of the Bible guidelines, but I want to be loved. And, and I want to be loved so I can love. Hallelujah. So we want to be blessed. I want to be blessed. I want all the blessings. And by the way, I don't want your blessings. Please, you don't want mine. Your blessings may be a curse to me and my blessings may be a curse to you. I just want my blessings. Because your blessings have responsibility. My blessings have responsibility. I don't want the responsibility of your blessings. If God has entrusted me this, it comes with responsibility. If God has not called you to have the responsibility of this, you don't want it. And if God has not called me to have the responsibility of what he's blessed you with, I don't want it. So you want the blessings of God, but you can't had the blessings of God. If you got deals with the devil. Let's read it. We're going to get, I know we got some nice funeral music. <laughs> we, we getting ready to put the devil in the coffin. <laughs> We're gathered here today. <laughs> Somebody get ready to die. Something get ready to die. The devil's getting ready to die. But we're going we, we, to go, come to, we're gonna go from a funeral to a, to a party, okay? Y'all ready? In G, let's read this together. In Jesus' name, I voluntarily declare that Jesus is Lord of, of all. I declare that Jesus died and rose from the dead, defeating the power of Satan. I declare Matthew 18 over my life. That Jesus has all authority in heaven and earth. Everybody on all the campuses, I declare that Jesus has disarmed all evil principalities and powers. I surrender all authority in my life to Jesus and declare Jesus is my Lord and Savior. I exercise the power of Jesus' name over all the evil influences in my life. I repent and break all agreements and contracts with the devil. 
I release myself of all guilt and shame related to my satanic agreements. That is key. It's done. No more, no more shame, no more guilt. Look what it says next. In Jesus' name, I break the power of evil spirits involved in my life. Satan, in Jesus' name, I command you out of my life. Let's say that one more time. Satan, in Jesus' name, I command you out of my life. Jesus, I ask you anoint me with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I invite you to take power, take over my life. Holy Spirit, I ask that you fill me. Holy Spirit, I ask that you empower me. In Jesus' name, I declare that I am free. Come on, church.